Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. Just letting you guys know before we start the show that today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Right now, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com MNR14 and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title on us and start listening today. It's that easy, guys. Go to audibletrial.com MNR14 to start your free 30-day trial membership. Peace. Okay, we are recording. Welcome, everybody. Uh, a day late. Uh, you guys, you guys thought that I had tricked you, and that I wasn't going to bro- uh, broadcast a podcast to you guys. But haha, I did it. I'm doing it. Uh, yes, there was some uh, crazy issues that happened yesterday that did not allow me to record uh, a podcast yesterday. Um, but uh, all that aside, uh, we uh, today are recording the podcast and hopefully we can get through the technical issues that we were having uh, with microphones. Either way, welcome to another uh, podcast. My name is Mario and of course this is the Straight Out of Islington and Arsenal podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different because I am joined by AJ who has not been on the podcast for a very long time and I am so stoked to have him on the pod. Uh, Ryan was a late dropout. Uh, he had some things and of course uh, Elliot is uh, is uh, is on, can't do these late ones um, for right now. So AJ, what's up buddy? Welcome back. What's up man? It's been, uh, it's been a long time since we've really uh, got to get a good talk together about the Arsenal. Uh, definitely been missing talking with you and the boys. Um, but yeah, it's good that it's just going to be us two today. Got a nice intimate conversation. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's been a, it's been a long time. I know you guys, uh, hung out back in, back in Cali during preseason and, uh, I wish I was there with you guys. It would have been a, a, an awesome time to, uh, to hang out and, and chill. But, uh, but I was there in spirit. It, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. No. We definitely were chanting your name, Mario. Uh, we missed you. That was my first time. <laughs> first time meeting the boys as well. Um, Elliot and Ryan. They're actually uh, actually pretty funny in person. I thought. I thought maybe that was just a facade. But um, no, they they were great. Um, I'm really glad I got to meet them. And next time, next time the Arsenal's out here, I think that means you got to get got to get on it we got to meet you too oh yeah man i definitely uh want to head out i mean i did it when they came to new york and i was going to do it with california but unfortunately um you know obviously i've, I've already said it my brother's wedding happening uh during that time so i was um I was busy with that, um, but it's great to have you back. It's great to uh, hear your voice, and uh, I know you're a busy guy with school and uh, and and the girlfriend, uh, and then just just living that life, man. And uh, I like it because I see it all the time on Instagram, and uh, it's always good. It's good to see you uh, having some fun doing doing those young kid adventures that I wish I was doing. <laughs> I know, but I'm 23 now, man. I'm I'm starting to not be the young the young kid adventures anymore. <laughs> <laughs> starting to be real time um how, how is school going like are you almost are you almost done right or no yeah so i actually um probably last time i was on the podcast i was just finishing up my undergraduate degree so like just my regular degree um and actually i've entered a one-year master's program and i just finished three weeks ago about so nice um actually officially done with school for probably the rest of my life which feels good um 
at least being a student, um, I, I went into my master's to be a teacher. So I'm currently um, doing some teaching. I'm tutoring some kids and I'm also a the assistant varsity coach at Northwood High School, like a high school near me. So wow. it's been going well. AJ has grown up. I know, I know, man. That's that's awesome, man. No more rave parties, eh? Oh no, we still went. We still went to one a couple of weeks ago. Don't worry, don't worry. That's fun. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that uh, you finally finished school and and you're getting into what uh, what you wanted to do. So that's awesome, man. It's good to hear. Thank you. Uh, but uh, but we are not here to talk about our lives. What we're here to talk about is the Arsenal. Two out of two, they are, well, for the time being, uh, at the top of the table, tied <laughs> with six points. Um, but uh, but we shall see how that goes as the as the season progresses. Arsenal two, Burnley one. Uh, Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang coming in clutch, scoring a couple of goals. And of course, that fluke goal that happened with uh, Ashley Barnes. Um, So AJ, let's get right into it. I mean, you know, going into this game... We beat them last season, uh, both times, I do believe, when we played them. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, but this season, uh, obviously coming in with uh, fresh faces, uh, brand new signings galore. Uh, maybe you can give your thoughts on that a little bit. Um, but overall, a job well done. Uh, what, what did you think uh, of this match as, as a whole, as an overall? Um, well, yeah, speaking about Burnley, it's interesting because usually I think you would associate a Burnley type of team to be a bogey team to Arsenal, you know, very defensive, compact, um, smart at their pressing and everything. But in the last few years, we've always seemed to do well, especially at home against Burnley. Um, uh, we've got a few nice decisions that have gone our way in the past, but I think today was a – or this past game was a pretty fair match from both sides, um, regardless of what Sean Dyche, the manager said after the game. But um, no, I've been really excited this season. Um, and w- which is why it's awesome getting to be on the pod, but it just feels like a new arsenal. It just feels like we're, we're fly- we're finally turning the page and this is the first page in our new era, you know, post Arsene Wenger era. Um, we're starting to get rid of some of the dead wood in our team and also removing players that were toxic for our team. Obviously we know Alexis Sanchez left a year and a half ago. Um, it looks like he's on his way to Inter Milan on loan. And just since then, it seems like we've just gone from strength to strength, uh, bringing in Aubameyang, Lacazette. And then especially what I'm most excited for this season is how well our youth players have been doing. Mm. Um, having Genduzi, Willock, Nelson start the first two games um, has been great to watch. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was very interesting. Uh, obviously, we all knew that uh, Bellerin and Tierney uh, were a couple of weeks out. Um, so, you know, those were probably the, the biggest ones um, to date. Uh, obviously, there was a couple more that, that we're still um, waiting on. And uh, like, yeah, like you said, I've been very um, impressed with uh, the way the young guys have, have come out and played. Obviously, we saw a lot of uh, Ganduzi, We saw a lot of uh, Maitland-Niles last season. But really, the, the two, obviously, N- Nelson and Willick, have really stepped up their game. Uh, but what 
was most exciting was to see uh, the newcomers, Savayos, uh, David Luiz, uh, in the starting lineup. Um, I- I'm, you know, watching this game, I was extremely excited to especially watch De- uh, Danny Savayos playing because, you know, everybody was like, oh, he's just like a Santi Cazola. He's young. He's won, you know, the under 21. Um, and he just stole the show, man. Like he was exactly what we were missing. A player that can move the ball from the back and make plays and make things happen. So I was really excited uh, to see him. What did what did you make of his performance? Are you excited? Like, how, how do we keep this guy, AJ? Um, yeah, well, uh, keeping it for next season, that that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> itself, but it, it's been, it's been great looking at our team this season. We, I know we, we have made definitely several and significant additions in David Luis Ceballos, like you said, and obviously Nicholas Pepe who came on at halftime. Um, but what I've noticed is just a change in our philosophy of players, and I feel like we're really starting to modernize our team. I think you look at, you know, the best teams five, ten years ago, it was the Barcelona teams where they had the typically shorter, more diminutive maestro type players where everybody was clean with their passes, um, a lot of tipping and tapping around, you know, tiki-taka play. That was kind of the style. And then we've seen in the last couple of years a lot more of a kind of gagan press where we're going for it um a lot more physicality speed um which doesn't only mean speed of running but speed of of passing and and, uh and speed of running a lot of strength uh and i feel like we're introducing all these different elements into our team now i think you you look at our team last year uh even even the year before when we had jaka in the midfield slowing things down ramsey as much as you know we wanted to keep him he's and he's you know has a great engine he can run for days but he can't really run very quick um over short sprints over short little bursts but now you look at our midfield and we have Genduzi, Willick, Ceballos those three all have the ability they're all over six foot they all have the ability to carry the ball they're all quite strong on it Willick, Ceballos maybe have a little bit of a even better turn and uh, they're able to release the ball quite quickly. Genduzi has more of that, being able to pick it, pick up the ball from the back, spray it wide or or long in the air, kind of like Xhaka can do. Um, so yeah, it just it just feels like a very new team, and I think that's why all the Arsenal fans are so excited about this season. Is it feels like we're we're really starting to catch up with the Man Cities and the Liverpools and how they structured their team and the type of players that they bought. We have those type of players now too. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I guess the real, a real test will be this coming weekend when Arsenal face Liverpool. Um, but like Ryan had said previously, you know, uh, we have to wait. This isn't the team that will necessarily, um, we'll be having in a couple of months you know this is a very you know makeshift structure which is i mean still it's performing uh very well um there was a few um instances where you did see you know a little bit of a defensive breakdown i think the 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 barnes goal obviously was um 
the biggest breakdown because obviously they scored uh, from that. But um, you know, you know, D- David Luiz's first uh, first real game out uh, with the team. How, how did you make of his performance? Uh, do do you think he adds um, more of a defensive? Uh, you know. Uh, what, what am I trying to say? Defensive, I guess, I guess mindset than Klashelny would have? Um, I'm not necessarily sure if we have a stronger or more of a defensive mindset necessarily just with David Luiz, if we're, if we're looking at the difference between him and Koscielny. But one of, the, one of the things that I really like about David Luiz coming in, because I have to admit, when I first heard about the rumor, I was like, really, it's quite, you know, it was d- day before deadline day, and I was like, this is a very interesting move that Arsenal's making, but it, it's made more and more sense as time has gone by. Because um, you look at the center backs that we have available currently right now. Chambers, who had a great season on loan at Fulham, you know, won their play of the year, albeit as more of a holding midfielder rather than a center back. But there were signs of him doing very well four years ago when he first joined Arsenal. Um, but the problem with him is, is, and it's always been with him, is confidence. We know he has the the ability to carry the ball well and um, be able to pass to uh, through to the midfield, which is one of his strengths. But the thing is, is he doesn't have the confidence to necessarily back up the talent that he has. And so often he gets scared on the ball, loses it, and it's a costly error. S- similar thing has been happening with Mustafi as we see his... Um, Confidence just get lower and lower and lower with the fan base getting on on his back. Obviously, we know Holding has this ability and he has the confidence, but he's he's just getting coming back from a huge injury. So with David Luiz coming in, he's coming in and he's instantly giving that confidence. He's coming in and he's saying, I've won the Champions League. I've won the Europa League. I've won the FA Cup. I've won the Premier League a couple times. I, I, I've gone to League uh, and I've won there as well. I'm a winner. So I'm going to come in and I expect us to win. I don't expect us to do, um, I don't expect us to be worse than the team I just left. I came here to prove a point. And I think having him come in, he's, he's added a lot more. Um, he's a lot more vocal than Koscielny. He's, he's, he, you could see during out the, uh, throughout the game that he was, um, marshalling people around, whether it was on free kicks or whether it was just his own defenders, um, in open play, you could tell he really had had a voice. So I feel like he's added a lot more solidity and confidence into our back line. And I think that conf- that confidence that he has emanates to the rest of the defenders that we have and then also to the fan base, which helps everybody play. I think if the con- if the fans feel confident, players feel confident. You can tell when when we're playing out from the back sometimes and it doesn't go well and the the fans get on the players back, they end up just booting it out because they don't want to upset the fans. So I think being confident and showing that you're, that you know that you have talent, having that self-efficacy can really help um, improve the players themselves because having the fans on, on, on their back is never helpful and it can cause more problems. So I think this newfound confidence and um, structure that we've implemented into our team is is only going to help us. Do you think moving forward this season, um, so uh, you know, Socrates and David Luiz is your preferred center back pairing? Like I know Colin Chambers is still relatively young, and so is Bobby Holding, and maybe we're looking out as them potentially being the future, um, but. 
or or do you do you slot in a, a Bobby Holding or do you slot in there a a Chambers with David Luiz or or Socrates or is that David Luiz a staple uh, as one of the first names on the on the team sheet like how do you think the uh center back pairing will move forward um that's an interesting question i obviously believe that for the next month or two i would see i would think that socrates and david louise would be the partnership um as holdings progression back to full fitness and full uh match readiness uh improves i could see him coming in but right now, I think this would be my center back pairing to start with. I think unless Bobby Holden comes back in a month from now, absolutely storms it like he was kind of doing um, at the beginning of last season. Yeah, I think he he will still get a lot of game time. And I think he could be a good rotational option for this season um, as he as he recovers um, from that injury. So I, I don't think we need to put too much pressure on him necessarily straight away and expect him to be a starter. I think we can expect Socrates, David Luiz to kind of steady the ship for the next two or three months. And if we see in three months time, two months time, that holding is, is ready to be integrated into the first team and is outperforming the other center backs, then we can potentially bring him in more as a starter on the, on the, uh, topic of Calum Chambers. I think he's always going to be a fourth choice center back. It's sad because like I said, when he arrived, I think it was about four years ago, I was really had really, really high hopes for him. He looked tenacious. He looked feisty, like he was going to win the ball and, 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 and dribble past a player and lay it off to somebody. But I think since, since then his confidence has just kind of gone, gone down. And I don't, I don't see him ever being able to be a, a first team regular at Arsenal, but you know, if he's a fourth choice and he's willing to be fourth choice and hopefully maybe even work his way up to third choice. Um, I think it's always good to have those, have those players you need backups. And especially the fact that he's English uh, helps with the English quota as well. So yeah, for right now, I think Socrates and David Luiz, but if, if holding uh, ends up coming back from his injury in good shape, then I could see him slotting in for one of them. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. Uh, Socrates and David Luiz, I think their partnership will slowly uh, start to get, you know, better and and develop and into you know a point where they can uh, sort of mirror each other's moves and and back up each other. You know, the one thing that's really scaring me uh, after watching these two um, first matches is obviously the new rule um, that you know you you can play the ball within your box and you can have the defenders within your box. And I mean, Arsenal likes a lot of the times to play out from the back. Um, you saw, especially more so with uh, Burnley, how they, uh, you know, they were pressuring uh, right from the kickoff. Um, and, you know, you can probably get away with, you know, these so-called lesser teams, quote, you know, quote unquote. Um, but, you know, I mean, you can't do that with like, the Liverpools, especially when we're playing them next week, you, you know, the Man Cities, the, the Manchester United's, the Tottenham's. Do you see that being a problem? Yeah, I could potentially see it being a problem. Um, I think adding David Luiz into this back line does help somewhat solve that problem in that he is very, very comfortable on the ball. Um, and I think he will, he will provide, again, more of that solidity in our defense and in our ability to build up from the back 
the thing is, is I don't think people who say, oh, you know, why are we just building off from the back, just boot it long every time. I think the problem is, is the game is moving away from that. The reason that the rules were changed and that people now, now defenders can be in the box is that so they are able to build out from the back um, a little bit easier than it was before when it had the ball had to leave the 18-yard box. So I think it's just the natural progression of the game right now that we are going to have people playing out from the back. Um, I mentioned earlier I was a coach, and when I've been coaching my players, I was surprised that because um, it's my first year coaching them, I was surprised that many of them would, would always play out from the back ball on the ground and everything so they've been taught at you know ages even 14 to 18 years old right now they've been taught the last 10 years of their life to play out from the back so i think it's something that we have to get used to and something that we just need to continue to improve on i do i do believe though that it sometimes can be too much and if the fans are already on our back then maybe that is a time to just say okay let's just go along let's be safe with it um, but if there are opportunities that we can play off from the back, I think that is the model that we're going to be doing going forward anyway. So we might as well just start getting better at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it is, it is scary at times. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, I, I saw it more so, you know, um, this match with Burnley, I don't know why I, I, I just something about it just really scares me, but, um, it's something that they're going to have to get used to, like you said. So uh, I'm hoping that, uh, that you know, they can continue to get better with that as practices roll on. Um, I want to talk about, um, obviously, the front three pairing that we've been wanting to see um, from the start of the season ever since, you know, we heard that uh, Nicholas Pepe was coming on board. We got to see that at, at half, you know, he was substituted. Um you know, for, for Reese Nelson coming in. Um, I want to talk about him specifically more, uh, Pepe. Uh, he was, I, I thought he was really great. Like, I mean, obviously he didn't score a goal or anything, but just the confidence that he exuded when, when he was playing, uh, I think there's the, a few couple of trick plays that he did on that far side, um, where he was giving some terror to those guys. I mean, it, I cannot wait to see him just explode. Um, how, how have you, obviously we can't rate him too much because we haven't seen him play a lot, but uh, he's a very exciting player. Like how, how are you seeing that progressing? Yeah, I'm super excited to see how he progresses in this Arsenal team. I think he is another signing. We talked about the midfield being a lot more, strong mobile and and powerful in their play i think also you need that in your front line if you look at the the top teams right now you look at liverpool they have um firmino up front and then they have mane on the left Sal on the right just absolute pace machines on the wing who are able to both cut inside and contributed to so many goals that they tied abamyang for the golden boot so i think no longer are the days of you know, only strikers being eligible for these golden boot type trophies where, where they score lots of goals. Um, we're getting a lot of wingers to do it. Obviously, we know Messi and Ronaldo have, have been doing that for a while now. And there always have been some players who, who've been wingers and, and scored goals. But I feel like it's more prevalent now. The amount of pace that um, teams are trying to implement into their front three 
And I think it's the same with Arsenal. If you look, if we do play that front three, you got Lacazette, who is similar to Firmino in that central striking position where he's able to drop deep almost as a false nine. He's quite strong, has good hold of play, as we saw for his first goal, where he's able to turn past two men who are holding him and score and score the goal. And then we have these flying wingers going by where Aubameyang's flying on the left. And many people were worried about playing him um, from the wing, but last season he got lots of goals on the wing. This season he's already got a goal playing that position and a goal playing the striker. So Aubameyang, I'm not worried about. He will get goals no matter what. He he knows when to make the runs and where to make the runs. Adding Pepe is great because we haven't really we've we've been crying out for a dribbler for a long time. We have now more dribblers in our midfield with Willock and Ceballos, and then now. And our front line, as much as we love Aubameyang, and of course he did a great dribble to score <laughs> against Burnley. He's not typically a dribbler. Uh, and Lacazette, good close control, but not a guy that you're, he's just going to kick the ball past you and run. And Pepe has both. He's able to beat you on a sprint, kick the ball past you and run, or he's able to, uh, with close control, dribble past you and put it through Ben Mee's legs, right? <laughs> um but yeah, so I'm super excited to see him integrate into the team just because he's going to provide space for other players on our team. Either he's going to dribble it into a good area that he sees where he sees space and potentially get a shot off, or he'll start dribbling past players. They'll kind of like when Hazard used to just go on those marauding runs and you would just see two or three people try and mark him. That just gives space to somebody else. So it's like you, you teams can't afford to have two players marking Pepe when he's running with the ball, because if they have two players marking him, then Aubameyang's got extra space. Lacazette's got extra space and they can kill you with their goals as well. So I think he's a great signing. Um, it's a shame Liverpool is coming so soon. Cause I don't know if he'll get the start, um, but I, I think he'll be, he'll be a great force um, for our team going forward. Yeah. I mean, if you take a look at, uh, the players that we had just a couple of years ago in those same positions, you know, uh, it will be Theo Walcott and, you know, Alexis Sanchez to a certain extent. Um, those players, you could you could really tell now with the quality that Arsenal has now, you could tell that those players were not going to get Arsenal anywhere. I, I guess those players were just there just to, you know, sort of keep us in the top five, top six type of thing uh, until Arsenal was really ready to start splashing out the money. I mean, obviously, they splashed out the money for Mesut Ozil, uh, you know, Pierre and Mick Aubameyang, uh, Lacazette coming in and now Pepe, obviously the 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 highest, you know, paid uh, um, player that Arsenal has gotten. Um, but it, you never really felt with those other players that Arsenal were going to get somewhere. Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not daring to say that Arsenal are going to win the league this year, but it, it's a it's a step in the right direction. And you can really see uh, that, you know, the, the 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 more you spend for a player, the better quality you're going to get. And I think that's where Arsenal is starting to move. Well, at least I'm hoping that's where they're starting to move in that direction that, you know, yes, these players are high um 
high high in price, but there's a reason for it, and I think they're starting to see that. W- would Would you agree? Like, would what do you th- what do you make of it? Like, you know, obviously uh, it will be. Uh, I rate you know he he was good, um, but not at the caliber that were, you know, now get now just starting to get used to. Or, or am I wrong? No, I, I I totally agree with you. I think um, it's been a while since we've had. Uh, a real scary goal threat on the wing. Obviously, Alexis did it. Um, Wolcott had one season where he did it very well back in 2012, I believe. Um, but we've had a lot of these Nasri, Iwobi, Pleb. We've had a lot of these kind of attacking midfielders, Arshavin, that, that were shunted out wide and they were usually typically not super quick, um, very good on the ball but they weren't quick enough to beat a man and dribble past him. Iwobi is, is very good at close control. He's very strong. Um, he's able to hold the ball up well. I was actually very sad when he left just because, you know, he's actually a month younger than me. So we're born in the same year and everything. And he, so all, all the pictures of him as a kid wearing those jerseys, that's the same pictures that I have of me, you know, when I'm, when I'm wearing <laughs> all those jerseys as a kid. Obviously not on the <laughs> Arsenal Academy team, um, but uh I was sad to see him go. If if you would have asked me, would I have rather Mikatarian go or Wobi go? I would have said Mikatarian can go. Um, but if you would have asked, if you would have told me, would you rather keep Wobi and keep the team how it is with all the transfer we've we've made, except we don't get Pepe, or would you rather get Pepe and you lose Wobi? And I would have any day taken a uh, taken Pepe over having Wobi. So. Even though I think he he Iwobi was a good squad rotation player, he can play in multiple positions, and I would have really loved to have seen him this season potentially play as more of a more in the cent- central of of the midfield rather than as a winger. Um, I think Pepe coming in just adds that different di- dimension. Like you said, I think it's just a, it's moving away from past Arsenal teams and past Arsenal type players, and moving into a lot more of a lethal, athletic group of talented players. Now, you know, going going back to Danny Ceballos, and, and you did say, um, you know, that's a topic in itself. I kind of want to touch a little bit on that, and 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 just what what the hell does Arsenal have to do to get like sign this guy? Obviously, if he has a killer season, is is there any possibility that Arsenal will? realistically go for this guy i don't even know how much he's actually rated or worth in the market um because he's still relatively young but i mean clearly he's still being coveted by real madrid if they're just willing to loan him out to arsenal with no option to buy so i mean let suppose he does have a killer season i mean from the looks of it it looks like he will um does Arsenal stand a chance uh, of, you know, signing him permanently or buying him uh, from Real Madrid for next season? I think there is a small chance. <laughs> it's not not the biggest chance. I think the only way that this happens is if he has a really good season with Arsenal, but so do the central midfielders at Real Madrid. So, and, and we have to hope that 
nobody leaves Real Madrid. So, you know, Modric was, was linked with a move to Inter Milan and a few other teams throughout Europe the, this past summer. He ended up staying, or so far has ended up staying. Um, but if somebody like him leaves next season just because he's older, maybe wants his last, uh, you know, big pay rise before he retires... Um, you'd have to hope Cruz, Casemiro, these type of players stay. They still have Isco, and they, they kept James Rodriguez this season as well. So that, and Asensio can can sometimes play there as well. So they do have a lot of midfielders. So the only hope is is that he has a great season for us, but I guess not absolutely perfect <laughs> because if he's if he's if he really is that that good and ends up contributing that many to that many goals or that many. Um, assists or, or even assists of assists um if i were real madrid I, I would take him as soon as he comes back next season i would take him and, and put him in the team i think he's a great rotational player at least for them so i don't really see a huge chance of us being able to keep a hold of him um unless like i said that that the real madrid uh midfielders play very well and end up uh opting to stay at the club. Cause I think if a player like Modric goes, I think that's the perfect opportunity for Ceballos to come in and you can tell he, he really wants to make it at Real Madrid. I think some players leave out on loan and they're kind of just like, yeah, I, I don't want to play for my parent club anymore. Um, my time is up there, but he seems like the type of guy he's young enough, just turned 23 where he's thinking if I have a great season here at a great club like Arsenal, I might be able to push my way into the Real Madrid team. But I hope that maybe he has such a good enough experience, just like this game at Burnley where the fans loved him. Um, they're comparing him to Cazorla. That he won the man of the match. I think if he has more games like this and really enjoys life in London and life as an Arsenal player, then I, I could see him potentially staying. Um, but I just think there's there's so many pieces that need to fall into the correct places for him to be on our team next season that uh, I'm not sure if, if that's necessarily going to be the case. Yeah. Because I mean, you, I mean, look at him. He, when he celebrated that goal, uh, Obama Yang's goal, like, I mean, it just it, like the passion, the, the, like, I mean, he, he friggin' kicked the damn flag, man. Like the corner flag, like he was just so happy. And I'm like, honestly, dude, it was just a, a breath of fresh air. You haven't seen like Santi Cazola was like one of my favorite players, uh on on the team and just you know really seeing that fluidity you know we really haven't seen that um and 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 you're right i mean if he does have a good season and you know maybe maybe this is just a stepping stone for him and he, and he's hoping that you know i can go back to real madrid and you know fulfill my fan my 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 dreams at real madrid i mean it's real madrid for god's sake but um you know, you still have, you know, Mesut Ozil. Like, I mean, how does he slot in there? Does he even slot in? Like, does he does he even stay? Like, what what do you what's your position on on uh, Mesut Ozil at, at this current moment? Well, um, you know, his personal life and security aside, obviously, which is very scary with everything that's been going on um, purely from a from a player's standpoint. Um, I think he's still going to be a useful player. I think he's going to be more hungry this season after it seemed like he struggled a lot on and off the pitch last season. Um, so I do see, I do see an opportunity for him to 
get back to where we know that he can be. Um, and I think having Sabayos just adds another dimension to this team. I think when you're home and you're playing Bournemouth, I think you can you can afford to play Ozil in those types of games. And I know it sounds crazy, you know, this guy's earning 350k a week, way out out uh, or his wages way are way outweigh the other. Um, players in our team it's crazy to think he can't play away games but i think maybe you know in those tough away games especially against the big teams you bring in a guy like sabios much more mobile gonna work hard for you defensively gonna press i would love to see a midfield that we just threw uh against Burnley. i'd love to see a genduzi willock and sabios trio um against some of the bigger teams because i think that they have a lot of fresh energy and um really fresh drive to impress, you know, Sabios wants to impress at Arsenal because it's a big club and he wants to do that so that he can go back to Real Madrid and hopefully start for them. Willick is just coming into the first team, you know, wasn't even really involved too much last season at all. Now he's coming in and he's a first teamer already. Um, Ganduzi was heavily involved last season. He's going to continue to be heavily involved this season and, and hopefully continue to progress. So I feel like these guys are are hungrier maybe than an Ozil is, but I think Ozil with that front three in front of him, you can't you can't deny that that he must be super excited to be playing with the likes of Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Pepe. So I, I don't think we'll be pushing Ozil out of the squad. I think he'll definitely still have a very integral part of this team. Oh man, you mean no MLS yet for uh, for Mesut Ozil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the links to DC uh, to replace Rooney. I, I mean, you know, if if he if he decided to go in January and and we were doing quite well in the league and he hadn't contributed that much, sure, then we get that we get that off our wage bill. Potentially bring in another player in January as sounds like Josh Kroenke was hinting that that we're going to be active in January as well mm. um, which is exciting so if that's the case then then I wouldn't mind that so much but I think for now we just have to assume Oz is going to be with us for this entire season and let's see if we, if we can get the best out of him you know spe- speaking of Josh Kroenke um, it got me thinking uh, something that I wanted to to ask um, uh, right well basically all of you guys um, is how how much, you know, because Arsenal, obviously, they, they were talking about how they had only 45 or 40 million to spend on players. And then obviously they, you know, they, they had a lot of really good dealings throughout the summer. I think Elliot broke it down very, very well, um, you know, because he's, you know, all of you guys are like mathematicians. So I'm no I'm nowhere near that. Um but then, you know, we heard Josh Kroenke, you know, do his little speech. How much of these signings do you attribute to him actually walking the walk or talking shit? Or or how much is it because of, you know, you know, Edu coming on and, you know, Don Raul and Vinay? Or how, how much of that do you attribute is the Kroenke's or is it the the people that they hired? I think overall it was the people that, that he hired. I think Edu probably hasn't had too much influence as he only came in about a month ago. Um, but I think with, with Don Raul, as you said, and Vin, I, I think that they did have a, a big play, to, uh, a big role to play 
in the transfer dealings that happened. And I also think that Josh did have a big impact as well. I think the whole movement of we care, do you and having um, the Cronkies really just be called out flat out, called out uh, for their lack of participation and communication to the Arsenal fans. Um, Obviously, you know, these, you know, billionaire billionaires um, are trained to say the right things. We heard Ivan Gazita say all the right things all the time. But I, I have to admit, when, I, when I've when i listened to the few interviews by Crosh, by Josh Kroenke, I've, I've felt more confident. I can tell that whether he actually genuinely really, really loves Arsenal and loves the sport as he says he does, I do know that he loves his ego and his ego is definitely hurt with that We Care Do You movement and definitely hurt Stan's ego as well. And so I think they decided together that, okay, it now it's now getting to a point where we're starting to look bad and we don't want our reputation on the line. We don't care about Arsenal maybe necessarily as much and their reputation, but if our reputation's on the line, that's not good for our other businesses. So I think Josh now, and, and because his dad is involved in all the other teams that they own, I think he sees this as his, his project. He's like, my dad has too much on his plate. He's, in America all the time, not interested in Arsenal, not interested in, in, in this, uh, soccer, you know, football. Um, so I think Josh has taken this mantle and been like, okay, well, this is my team now. I'm going to run it. I'm going to tell the people like Raul and like Vinay what they need to do to, or not necessarily what they need to do. I think Vinay and Raul are much smarter and know much more about the world of football than Josh does. But I think Josh finally maybe kind of, put his foot down and said, okay, I'm tired of uh, Arsenal fans thinking bad bad on us. We really are going to have to make some moves. I will fund whatever transfer activity you believe is necessary, obviously within financial fair play. Go ahead and do it. And it sounds like then at that point, Don Rowell and Vinay took over and chose the right players um, to help build this team that we have for this season going forward. I mean, it's, it's really, really exciting. I don't think we've had that much communication from all different levels of board members and owners um, in so many years. So I think it's great. I think it's, it's going to push us forward. Yeah. I I don't think we've had this license sort of to, to be bold. Uh, You, you did see the hints obviously back in the day when we signed Mesut Ozil on transfer deadline day, Uh, certainly with Lacazette, Obama Yang, Alexis Sanchez. Um, but now I think I don't I don't know what it is. I think there's more trust in the boardroom um, with doing these sort of deals. Um, you know, you have Don Raul who looks like a friggin you know mafia boss and and the yeah. way that he talks and and sh- and shit right. Like I I just I love it. Um, so uh, yeah, I would I would have to agree with you. I think it's a, a little bit. Um, although I do think it, 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 yeah, it is a little bit of both, uh, him, you know, okay, well, people are talking shit, uh, I'm going to do it. But then I think also the other factor is that he's a young guy and, and you know how, you know, know, us young guys, we, we have our big egos, like you were saying. So maybe, uh, it's a little bit of both. Maybe he does care about the club, but he probably cares more so about, Hey man, yeah, put, put, put some respect on my name, you know, type of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, whatever it is, I don't care. I mean, they're doing 
doing wonders for for the club. I mean, they they they've gotten players that uh, that we've been crying out for, um, and 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 you know, I'm I'm happy to continue with this movement. Um, so I guess moving uh, you know away from the the Burnley match, that game was a game set and match. Um, moving on to the Liverpool uh, match that's coming up this weekend, a true true test with uh, one of the you know favorites uh, to contend for the title uh, this season um, obviously Liverpool have shown that uh, they've continued to progress over the years um, more so these last couple of seasons they've been a force to be reckoned with I think next to Man City I think those two teams are miles ahead of any other team uh, in the Premier League I, I refuse to put Tottenham in that uh, category um, how how do you even begin to set up your team for this match Clear, uh, uh, you know bearing in mind obviously the obvious players that cannot play so how do you line up the squad do you line them up the same as Newcastle do you line them up the same as Burnley or do you make a few changes I think I basically keep the same uh, the same lineup that we had against Burnley. I think um, that back line. Um, I think Kolasinac and uh, obviously Tierney's injured, and Kolasinac hasn't really trained as much because of the incidents that happened with him. So I think Monreal slots in left back. I think I'm worried about his pace, how he's going to be be able to deal with a guy like um, Salah. But you have to just hope that um, the hit the midfield and, and his center back. Uh, center backs will be able to help him out. So, yeah, I think David Luiz, Socrates, uh, Maitland Niles make up the rest of the back four. I think there's not much else you can really do with that. Like, I don't think there's any reason to bring in a guy like Chambers. And then, um, obviously, Bellerin's still out injured as well or just coming back into full training. So, um, I think that stays the same. I think I look at our midfield and I could see him bringing in uh, a guy like Xhaka if he's if he's fit and ready to go um but for me that that wouldn't make sense at all you look at their midfield liverpool's midfield they have typically fabinho at the base of midfield playing that holding midfield position and then their two center mids in front of him are uh wijnaldum and um you could do chamberlain you could do milner you could do henderson they have they have a lot of workhorses um who are able to play those central midfield positions. And I think we have to match that. So we can't be playing with slow players on the pitch. I think you, you look at our midfield options and the three that are the quickest, tallest, strongest are the ones that we had against Burnley, Ganduzi, um, Willock and Ceballos. Now the interesting thing is with the midfield is whether we decide to go a four, two, three, one, where we have, two holding midfielders and an attacking midfielder like we did against Burnley or whether we match Liverpool and we do a 4-3-3 and we have Ganduzi at the at the base with Sabias and Willock more on uh more advanced but uh both of them more on like the same level rather than one being more advanced than the other um so I think that'll be interesting how we decide to line that up um and then looking at our front three, I would love Nicolas Pepe to come in. Um, obviously, I think Aubameyang is going to start on the left. 
and Lacazette's going to be striker. I'd love Pepe to come in for Nelson on the right, but I think I was encouraged by Nelson, actually. I think he had a few better moments in the Burnley game than he did against Newcastle, um, and he might provide more defensive work rate. Um, I think we saw Pepe so far. One, one thing that we have seen in the very small sample size of two games um, so far this season is that he can sometimes be a little lazy walking back. I think he definitely is more of a forward than, than a wide midfielder. I think he wants to be the guy scoring the goals or assisting the goals. So I think he, he tends to stay up a little bit more kind of like a hazard, a little bit higher up on the wing um, than maybe a guy like Reese Nelson, who's younger trying to prove a point more of a midfielder and more, more willing to, to work back. So we, so it might, it might be Nelson just for defensive security. And if we're losing going into the second half, we can do the same thing we did against Burnley, bring Pepe on at halftime and he'll, he'll inject that pace. Yeah. If, if things uh, go astray, but I mean, there, there are some encouragement uh, there. Uh, You know, Allison is uh, pretty much injured for a couple of weeks. They're not, they're not without, they're not with the, with their main uh, goalkeeper. Adrienne seemed to have gotten a knock um, from that uh, attacker or whatever uh, coming onto the pitch. Um, And I mean, I was reading Jamie Carragher has concerns for Liverpool's defensive uh, performances this season. And he also fears that their high line uh, could be exploited um, by Arsenal's pace. Uh, I mean, but I don't get, I mean, Alexander Arnold is pretty fast. You have Virgil van Dijk, who's probably the best defender in the league right now. What, what do you, what do you say to that? Like, I mean, I surely he's just probably playing mind games or whatever. I don't know. Like I think Liverpool's defense is pretty solid. Yeah, I, I think that they have a great defense as well. Um, I think Matip is maybe their only slightly weak point where where he's still a good defender as well, but um, probably the least, probably not the best out of those four options that you just mentioned before, and obviously Robertson at left back. Um, they're all quite quick, except for Matip um, on, the, on the turn. Uh, but I feel like the only way that we can get at, at them is, like you said, they have a high line. Um, this will be the opportunity for David Luiz Genduzzi to show their long range passing ability and be able to play those balls. Cause Aubameyang's making those runs all day long, even from the wing, he'll, he'll make those runs between their right back and their right center back, those cutting lines. Um, so I think it's just going to be how quick we are in transition. And that's why I think we need our quickest players on, on the field. I think, you know, we lose the ball, we pass it to Zabayos. He can run past a few players, lay it off to a Pepe or a Nelson who can then set up Lacazette or Aubameyang to score. I think we're just having to be very quick about our counterattacking play because I think it's, it's, uh, I think we would be lucky if, if we had more possession, I think Liverpool will definitely have more possession, um, as their home. Uh, they're the, been the more dominant team the last couple of years. Um, so I think it's definitely going to be a tricky game. I don't expect it to be an easy win for Arsenal or even an easy draw for Arsenal. Um, but I just hope we're not getting another five-one drubbing. I think we we deserve we have, we deserve to do better than that. And so even if we end up coming out with like a two-two draw or something like that, I think 
I think we'd have to take that at this point for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna, I was just gonna bring up the the five one uh, loss that uh, that happened last year, um, and I mean. It, it, they beat Southampton 2-1 just like we beat Burnley um you know so even a team like Southampton giving them some some problems um we definitely can give them some problems if people if if everybody turns up um and and plays the way they that they've been playing i think um we could potentially uh, go for the win, um, but uh, it it'll be hard, man. It'll be hard. It's it is Liverpool, but uh, I guess this will be Arsenal's first true test, and we'll see um, how the team can line up. Even though we don't have a full strength squad, uh, so it, I think I think we can hold our own. Um, I. I kind of think that Pepe will start um, g- given the way that you know them three have been playing individually um, yeah obviously Ceballos that's not even a question like that guy needs to start every single game if he's fit that guy's on the team I think he will be the difference uh, this match because we have not seen, like I've said, we have not seen a player that can bring the play from defense up to attack and assist. Uh, we haven't seen that. Jaka surely can't do that. Um, you know, Ganduzi for all he's worth, he he can't do that either. Neither can Torreira. Um, so I, but I, I do agree with you as well. I think we will probably see um, the two central defensive midfielders, and I'm hoping that it, you know, it could be, uh, I don't know, Torreira, Ganduzi. I don't know, Torreira, Xhaka, that sort of seemed to work last year, last season. Um, but I, I don't know. Uh, how Does Xhaka slot in here at all? I personally wouldn't slot him in here because I think if you slot in Xhaka, you have to put a guy like Ganduzi or Torreira next to him and then Ceballos in front, which is also a, a good midfield as well. But I think, unfortunately for Xhaka... Um, I think his role is becoming a little redundant. I think we have David Luiz. We have Genduzi who can spray those long passes, who can break lines with their ability to either drive the ball in the air um, as more of a lob or even drive it hard and low across the ground to one of the the front players who are coming to check in for the ball or one of the attacking midfielders. Um, so I don't, I don't think we need him. We're not relying on him as much as we did last season uh, and the season before in our ball progression from the middle third to the final third. Um, I think we have players who have passing ability and dribbling ability um, to be able to do that for us in Genduzi, Willock, Ceballos, uh, Terrer even. Um, so I, I don't think I would start Jaka. I know that that's putting a lot of pressure on 20-year-old Genduzi, 19-year-old Willock, and 23-year-old Ceballos. But I think if you look at our team against Liverpool, it's not too dissimilar i mean they have firmino we have lacazette both strikers that are kind of similar and and being able to drop deep get the ball maybe won't score 25 goals in the season but might get 15 goals 10 assists um type of season and then we both now have flying wingers who are very lethal obviously we haven't seen enough of pepe obviously he needs time to bet into the league and, and really get premier league ready but i think if he ends up living up to his potential and living up to his price tag 
you look at Aubameyang on the left and Pepe on the right, not too dissimilar from the quality that Liverpool have with Mane on the left and Salah on the right. Both players who are able to are super quick, rapid, have an eye for goal, cut inside their respective wings. Um, obviously, their defense is better. Their fullbacks are much better than the fullbacks we have right now um, in Trent and Alexander-Arnold and Robertson's much more assured than Maitland-Niles, who I do like his his pace, his recovery pace, his ability to get up the wing, um, but can sometimes have lapses in concentration. Monreal, we know, has almost the exact opposite problem. Very good tackler, has a great mind, always switched on, but doesn't have the legs anymore to to, to match what he has in the old noggin. So um, I, that's that's my biggest concern is is how are we going to cope with their pacey wingers with our uh, somewhat makeshift fullbacks? But I mean, you look at their so, so and then their center backs. Obviously, Van Dyke is is better than than either of our center backs. So their defense, yes, is better than ours. But I'm starting to look at our midfield now, and I don't see too too much of a gap between our midfield and their midfield. If they lined up with, let's say, Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, and Wijnaldum, I don't think that's any better of a midfield trio than Ceballos, Willock, and Ganduzi, right? I mean, we, we're we're quicker across the ground, maybe not as good at, at, at pressing or tackling as as a guy like Fabinho or a Milner or a Wijnaldum or Jordan Henderson are. But we're a lot more progressive in our ability to dribble with the ball um and break lines with our passing i I would say yeah yeah i don't see too much of a difference i mean they do have james milner Uh, guy's been known to terrorize arsenal uh you know from time to time even in the man city days uh jordan henderson i don't rate him at all i think he's shit um oh oh yeah shit they still got lalana where the hell has that guy been um you know alex oxley chamberlain do we see him uh on the team i don't know That'd be that'd be yeah. that'd be interesting, um, but uh, I would agree. Uh, I would agree. Our midfielders are not that different, um, and and certainly forwards. You know, they may have more forwards, but um, I think we have formidable power up front um, to 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 basically counter theirs as well. So that'll be an interesting match. Do you do you think Arsenal edge? or tie or lose what what do you think um i'm gonna be positive which i know it's weird saying a draw is positive i'm gonna be positive and say i think we'll get a draw from this game i think we're feeling confident not just because of the two previous wins but i think there's just this confidence that is emanating throughout the whole team that the whole fan base because of the movement the we care to you movement what that caused Kroenke, Van and, and Raul to do, and then the trans, transfer activity we, we've done. I think it allows us to play it back four, allows us to do 4-3-3-1 or 4-3-3. Three, three. I think we have a lot more options now in our midfield, and our, our front line is looking very pacey. So I, I do think we will cause them problems. I just know that they're going to cause us problems for sure too. So um, if I had to put a prediction on it, 
think I'll I think I'll go with with that two two I was saying earlier. Yeah, uh, I, I I am also thinking there's going to be a tie, but uh, but man, I I am hoping that uh, I forever hope that Arsenal always proves me wrong and pulls off a a, a win uh, because that would be amazing uh, to pull one over uh, Liverpool and, and certainly a title contender. Um, this coming weekend, uh, which is twelve uh, thirty uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff for me, uh, which is what? Oh, not too bad. Not nine thirty. Yeah, nine. Not even bad at all. Yeah, like, time. It was four thirty. Uh, last last. Burnley. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, that's terrible. Um, so I think I think that's it, AJ. Uh, we've been uh, we, holy cow. We've been almost at an hour uh, in in a couple of seconds. That's crazy, man. It seems like we haven't been talking that long that much. Uh, it's been it's been great uh, talking to you. So I, I always love that. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about now that we have you here? Um, I think that's basically it on Arsenal. I'm just excited to see how we do against a big team. It's our first real big test, so I think we'll we'll just have to watch and see and see how we do um, in the game. I think, like I said, our confidence going into the game is very high, so I think that that will bode well for our team. Um, and then on a, on a separate note, uh, it's been awesome getting to talk with you for an hour. Yeah, you're right. I can't believe it's, it's already been an hour. Um, definitely miss talking with you, Mario. Appreciate all the work that you've put into um, revamping this podcast and just in, and all the work you've done previously on this podcast um, in being professional, uh, having ideas to talk about and um yeah, and just organizing us all because we're all <laughs> difficult to reach in our different time zones and different schedules and everything. But yeah, so I just wanted to say I appreciate that. Uh, oh man, this podcast wouldn't be a podcast without you guys. So uh, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate your guys' time as always. Um, I know that uh, time is always precious, um, but uh, but I'm hoping that uh, we can continue moving on with this. And I'm hoping to hear uh, more from you now that uh, hopefully you do have a little bit more time with no more schooling. But I know those rave parts just keep going so uh so uh i i know how that that is um no man uh all kidding aside thank you so much for coming onto the podcast um just a couple of quick uh updates and announcements guys um obviously the links for everything that uh will be in the description below where you can find us and and basically anchorfm.fm is the place to to find us uh and then you can see uh all the other little places where where, where you can find us. We're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, tune in all those great places um and anchor.fm if you use that that app you can send us voice notes uh questions comments uh concerns anything you want to send our way uh, of course be nice uh don't be an asshole uh and then we can put that onto the podcast and we can discuss and 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 and, and all that good stuff um also join our mailing list uh that way you can get up to the date up to the minute i i should say uh podcast notifications it's nothing spammy it's just literally just you typing in your email address and getting on that mailing list so we can uh blast out a new podcast episode like this one for example and you'll get that in your email so you can hear it right away um other than that on behalf of myself aj elliot and ryan that has been a straight out of islington an arsenal podcast thank you for listening guys until the next one peace